you do have your Bibles, can you turn to John chapter 14, please? Or actually, yeah, we're going to start in John 16. Work our way backwards. John, John 16. Father, we're thankful for this morning, and we praise you for your word. We praise you for being amongst us as your people. And we are desperate, Father. We are needy. We need you to teach us, to instruct us, to guide and direct us, to help us to see you and your ways and to know you. We need eyes to see and ears to hear. We need to see you. And may the Lord Jesus Christ be revealed to us and may we understand your word and what it is you're saying to us. We ask for grace and we ask for it in the beloved name the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this morning's message is very connected to last week's message in that you can't, we can't understand this week without last week in a lot of ways. Um, but if you didn't hear last week, you can still understand this week. But uh, it's, it's not as uh, connected without it because it's very much built on it. And this has to do this morning with how God speaks to us in prayer. How does God speak to us through prayer? Last week, we looked at whenever God speaks to us, it's always through the truth of his word. That's how he speaks to us. And he speaks to us, to, in our, to our spirits, by the Holy Spirit. So it isn't just that they hit, it hits our ears and that we get it. It's that unless the Spirit illuminates the word to us, and we, we can't hear it, even though we hear it. Hearing, we do not hear, right? Seeing, we do not see. And why, why can we hear and not hear and see and not see? Because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And so even though God could be speaking, we can't hear him. Even though God could be revealed to us, we can't see him. Why is that? It's because the Spirit of God must come and illuminate him to our spirits so that we can understand and know his voice and know what he's saying to us. And when it comes to prayer, that dynamic is really the same. Because... It, God, by the Spirit, must speak to us in our spirit, and he does this in response to what it is we're praying. And I'm I'm hopeful this morning, and this should be helpful to all of us, I'm hoping it is, that all of us are really edified by this and encouraged and help us to understand, because I know this, this whole subject has been incredibly helpful for me, because of what I've been discovering about hearing the voice of God and how I've been thinking about it and wrestling with it. My prayer is that you also be, are going to be this morning perhaps even surprised by what you discover in regard to God's voice and what, how does he speak to us through prayer. Because I would guess, I would guess that many of us, many of us are already hearing the voice of God in prayer, but we're not recognizing that it is his voice. And I say this because we often don't know what it is we're listening for. We don't know what, what it is, like, what does that mean, right? What does it mean that God speaks to me? What, how does that work? And often we assume that if it's at all like hearing someone else's voice, well, then I know for sure I don't hear God speak to me. Because if speaking to God or God speaking to me is just like me speaking with someone else, then okay, I know for certain it never happens. But as we looked at last week, that's not what we're talking about here. God does not communicate to us the same way that we communicate with one another. 
And as we looked at, we talked about how the, the necessity of the Holy Spirit in our spirit, he speaks to our spirit and illuminates the truth to us. And so in the same way, as we pray, the spirit of truth guides us into all truth. Look now at John chapter 16. In John 16, we looked at this last week. I'm just going to reference the same verse here. Verse 13 it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth. Now, in regard to what is being said here, it's important to understand that the Spirit is going to guide us into all truth. He's the Spirit of truth who guides us into truth. Now, hold on to that for a moment, because that's very important. And I, and I, I think I elaborated on this a little bit last week. He might not so directly guide us into a specific text or chapter and verse within the Scriptures, but he will always guide us to the truth of the scriptures. Do you understand there's a difference there, right? So you might not get chapter and verse. The Spirit could guide you into truth, and it might not have chapter and verse, but it is the truth, even without the chapter and verse. Now let me give you an example of what I mean. When I talked last week about being compelled by the Spirit to pick up a piece of trash, as I would mentioned there was no scripture or text, and I'd made that point. I said, you know, there wasn't you know, Isaiah 4 or 5 that came to my mind or anything like that. You can't find a piece of scripture anywhere that says, thou shalt pick up trash. But at the time, I was clearly convicted, as the Spirit spoke to me in that sense, where I was compelled, Dean, pick up the trash. And so I pick it up and I throw it away. Well, what's happening there is that the truth is being, I mean, guided by the truth. Well, what truth? The truth is this, that we're to love our neighbors. So the Spirit pressed upon me the truth of, of, of ap- applying the truth of loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. So expressions of love are according to truth. As we, as we are perhaps even sitting there at, in the evening and, and we're on the couch and we'd rather just sit there and enjoy ourselves, but all of a sudden we feel convicted or pressed upon in our spirits to get up and help with the dishes. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Spirit is guiding you into truth, to apply the truth, to do what is loving. And if that's ever happened to you, and we, just, we could write that off, can't we? It's easy to write that off as that, oh, just... Uh, just a mild conviction, uh, kind of like a mild symptom of whatever, and, and you can just disregard it. But no, the, the spirit of truth is guiding you into the truth. And in that case, applying the truth of loving your neighbor. So clearly, it's not chapter and verse, because you're not going to find one that says, thou shalt help with dishes. But... Clearly, on the, on the other hand, you know the truth of a loving your neighbor implies those kinds of things. So the spirit of truth will guide us into truth in this kind of way. The thing to remember about the actual written word of God is that many secularists and Pharisees can study it and learn all kinds of facts from it, but never come to the truth of it. We know what Jesus said to the Pharisees about their dedication to the scriptures, right? Right? 
In John chapter 5, verse 39, it says, They search the scriptures diligently because they think that in them they have eternal life. But it was them that bear witness to me, as Jesus said. So if they miss the revelation of Jesus and who he is and what he does and the implications of all that he's done, they are missing the truth. They're not missing the content, are they? In fact, I guarantee that, well, I know all rabbis would know Scripture and verse. They would know sections and portions of Scripture far better than anyone else in this room. There's many that have memorized all of the Torah, all of the law of God. It's pretty phenomenal. Yet Jesus says to them, you think that by doing these things you have eternal life, but these are the things that reveal me. And as, as Mike pointed out this morning in the call, that this, there's a veil, there's a, there's a covering that even, even the prophets they longed to look into didn't fully understand that what God was revealing in this was Jesus. And we know that this can only happen when the Spirit illumines our minds and helps us to see. Now I say all this because of what this means for us when it comes to prayer. The Spirit guides us into all truth. And if we have the Spirit, and if we're to go to our Father and speak to Him in prayer, He will guide us, even there, into all truth. And here's an example of how this applies. The beginning, I was thinking about this last week, and at the beginning of this last week, I was having a really hard time. I had a hard day at the beginning, and it was, I was actually even, I was really struggling with God's love for me. And I was really, you know, you get to questioning and wondering and doubting God's love for me. And, and, and I remember praying to God and asking him about it and if he could just affirm me somehow. <laughs> because I was like, just having a hard time. And, and it was amazing what came, uh, came to me. All of a sudden, Romans 8 came to me and that nothing could separate you from the love of God. And so I decided to turn to Romans 8, and it was, it was powerful. As I was reading through that section, it was, I was being ministered to in such an amazing way that I was, um, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. And then the other thing that happened is shortly after that, there was a book that I wanted to continue reading. And I, continued, I read that book, grabbed it, picked it up, and where I was picking up, sure enough, that particular chapter is all about the unfailing love of God. And then, get this, I was thinking about, um, there was a chapter in, in Calvin's Institutes that I wanted to look at to see what he said about, this is about the knowledge of God. It, it wasn't even on my mind, trying to, I wasn't trying to make a connection. And lo and behold, just jumping off the pages are all this stuff about the unfailing love of God. And it was boom, 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 and it was so clear to me um, what God was trying to reaffirm to me. He says, I love you, and my love is unfailing. And even when you're failing, my love is unfailing. And so it, was, it ministered to me greatly. And it was, it was a result of me praying to God and asking him about um, his love for me. And it was, it was wonderful, a wonderful minister, minister, a time of ministry towards me. But here's the other significant thing. You know, if you were to ask me before I was wrestling with this and trying to understand how it is that God does this, I would have written all that off. 
as mere, either mere coincidence or just how things work out. And, I, and actually, it's happened, as I recall, several times in my past where things have come to my mind. Perhaps I was guided into a, read an article or, re, or read a, even read this particular blog or read this book or to go to this particular passage of Scripture. And I go there, and what comes out is this specific truth that I need at the time. And you know, I seriously, I've thought about this. In, in the past, I just would have almost completely written it off as coincidental and just kind of how things go and how things work and just move along. But not understanding that, you know, God was speaking to me. This is how he does speak to you. He, by the Spirit, guides you into all truth. And we can miss the voice of God simply by not even understanding how it is it works. How does God work? Through the truth, by the Spirit. We need to understand how it is that God works. How it is that God speaks to us. He guides us into all truth. And he does this by the Spirit. And I think that's a, it's a very important thing to understand because it's easy to miss. You can chalk up these occasions as something else, as mere coincidence, as just how things happen. But no, we know from the text, from the Word, that when the Spirit comes, the Spirit has a particular ministry, doesn't he? And this particular ministry is to guide us into truth, to help us to know the truth, apply the truth. And when this happens, it's not a natural thing. Don't, don't give it another category. When you're being guided in the truth, the truth that speaks to you is the voice of God to you. It is God doing it by the Spirit. And when, that, when you understand that and you, you begin to realize that, you might be shocked at how often God is actually speaking to you through your prayers. Another case in point, just quickly in, in this regard. You could do something, and maybe you've done this before, and I have, I have done this before, where you, you pray to God, Father, would you please reveal to me if there's any sin in my life that I need to deal with? And then just go quiet and listen. And what's shocking to me is how the spirit of truth guides us into the truth, the truth of who we are before God, the truth of what it is we need to deal with, and specific things end up coming up. And when they do, you're convicted, and you know what you need to go do as a result of it. What's happening there? Well, God has spoken to you by the spirit, guiding you into the truth of what it is you need to do and what it is that you need to take care of. But there's more in this particular area, I think, that we need to address, and, I, and it's this. I want us to realize that as we pray, this spirit of truth will not only guide us into all truth, but, bring, but the spirit brings to mind the truth. Now, this might sound like, this is not saying the same thing. Isn't that really um, all the same? The spirit of truth, he does guide us into truth, but he also brings us to mind, brings to mind the truth. Now, this isn't splitting hairs, even though it might sound like I'm splitting hairs, because I think it's important to understand the distinction. The spirit doesn't just guide us into truth. The spirit brings to mind the truth. Here's how I think we can think of the difference. When I am being led, or you are being led, to a particular book that is expounding the truth, or an article that is doing the same, 
or passage of Scripture. We are being guided by the Spirit toward the truth. We're being guided to the truth. We're going to find out and discover what is true about the Lord and about ourselves and about the world, and he's going to help us to understand some things. However, when a particular truth from Scripture comes right into our mind with all absolute clarity, the Spirit is doing something a little different. The Spirit is bringing to mind the truth. And in this particular regard, if you look over at chapter 14 of John, chapter 14, verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. One of the things, one of the the ministries of the Spirit is to bring to our minds the truth. Not just to guide us into all truth, but bring to remembrance the truth. Have the truth come into our minds and, and that we recall it. So that's a specific ministry of the Spirit. Now, isn't it easy to write that off? If truth comes into your mind, to just, what would you say that is? If a particular, say, a passage or a verse, boom, comes into your mind, what is that? That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you. That's his voice. Let's just look at an example. If you were in prayer, and all of a sudden a particular passage came to your mind, You don't need to look it up. You don't need to study it. You don't need to read it. You don't need to go get any more clarity for it. It's as crystal clear as it could be. Boom, it's in your mind. What that is is the Spirit of God speaking to you and bringing to your mind clearly the truth it needs to apply. And here's how it might work. Let's just say you're praying about a particular situation where you're bitter and angry towards a person because of what they did towards you. You know you shouldn't be, and you're praying to God about it, and you're wrestling with it, but what they did wasn't right. What they did was wrong. And so in wrestling with this in prayer, you go to God, and you're talking to him about it, and all of a sudden, what comes to your mind is this. If you forgive your brother's sins, no, sorry, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, you're to forgive him. So you're wrestling, you, you go to God, and you're wondering what you should do with this particular situation, and that verse comes, boom, into your mind. What would you call that? It's a coincidence? No. It's actually a ministry of the Spirit. The Spirit, the voice of God is speaking to you. That's Luke chapter 17, and you know what? The Spirit's not going to go Luke 17 normally. He's not going to even, sometimes it could be chapter and verse, but it doesn't have to be. He's the Spirit of truth guiding you into truth, and not just guiding you toward the truth, but he's bringing the truth to your mind. And in that specific case, you realize at that point what it is you need to do. And it isn't something that's just mechanical that happens to, in your brain because you, sometime, you read that before? It could be easy to say that, right? Wouldn't it be easy to say, well, you know what all that was was this. What happens is if you read stuff enough, it just comes into your head. It's, just, it's something that happens. Now, here's the sad part about that. In, if you classify it in that category, you're missing the point that God is active in your life and he speaks to you. And he speaks the truth to you. And he brings the truth to your mind. And that's how he does it. That's his ministry toward you. Now, 
it's pretty significant if you look at these situations and you think, wow, Lord, you, you speak to me. You communicate with me. You have a relationship with me. Other than this, let's just say, let's take all that away, and, and it's in this category. Uh, you know, that happens. Every now and then, stuff comes to your head. No big deal. It's just the, you know, what happens in the brain and things get recalled. If we don't categorize it properly and understand the nature of truth and how it isn't a natural thing for us to know truth, for us to respond to truth, for us to think about tr- truth, because... Our minds, apart from the work of the Spirit, are darkened in our understanding. We pervert, we twist, we, we, we drop weird and wrong categories. But when the Spirit comes, he speaks and brings to remembrance and brings into our minds the truth. And we must make no mistake about it. Because this doesn't happen to those people who do not have the Spirit. They're not praying to God, and God isn't speaking directly to them particular truth about a particular situation. Now, I just want to say uh, something about asking God about a situation that doesn't necessarily involve truth. And here's what I mean by this. It's, it's It's a logistics question, really. And I think sometimes we might ask this. You could be asking, for example, whether or not you should be taking a particular job or what kind of ministry you might want to start or be involved in. Those kinds of questions, you know, it's not like, let's say you have two jobs and they're both, they're both good jobs, right? And you have opportunities, you're not sure what to do. You want to obey God, you want to do his will, but you're not sure what to do. In those particular cases, it's, it's not really a matter of truth, it's a matter of logistics, it's a matter of wanting to walk according to the will of God. It's a matter of wanting his direction, right? And in those particular cases, it's often more than just hearing from God in prayer. And this is this whole scenario, situation, which maybe you're asking right now. Maybe you're thinking, well, what about those situations? When I'm in prayer about those situations, how does God speak to me? In those particular cases, as we're going to see in the sermons to come, we need more than just prayer, and we need more than just um, waiting on the Lord. There's other ways that God speaks to us. And we're going to look at circumstances, what's happening in your life, and we're also going to look at the body of Christ and how God has put us together to minister to one another and how he speaks to us through both circumstances and the body of Christ. And so in these cases, when you put together the word of God, prayer, circumstances, and the body of Christ, and we understand how God speaks to us through these four, often we will come to be able to understand how it is that God will speak to us and guide and direct us in, in regard to those issues of prayer. And so this morning I'm not going to get into that stuff. Just know that when it comes to that category or area, we will address it, but it's going to be in the sermons to come. For our purposes this morning... When we're praying and we're seeking the Lord and we're asking him things and we're, um, we're in prayer about what different areas besides what I just mentioned, the spirit of truth will, will both guide us into truth and bring the truth to our mind. And when that happens, we have to see and understand that is the voice of God. God is speaking to us. But there's, and there's one more area I'd like to address this morning. And it has to do with silence. Because the spirit of truth might be silent at times. And a lot of times we wonder, what if or when there's nothing? It's as if 
you're going, hello, anybody home? Please, please, Lord, it just seems so quiet. I don't, what, what is that, right? What's going on there? Well, we have to rem- uh, remember that just because God remains silent doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't be asking for what it is we're asking for. If we're asking for something particular or asking God about something. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 11, he, he gives these, these different examples. And he talks about the persistent widow and she wouldn't stop. He talked about the obnoxious guy at his neighbor's door and the one who wouldn't let down, just kept on going. He talks about asking, seeking, and knocking in that section. And, he, and he's promoting it. He said, be like that. Ask, seek, knock, and God will answer. But he, he, he commends persistence. He commends pursuit. He commends going after that. Because, and this is why, silence might mean that God is simply wanting to test us or or test our resolve and our commitment to the request. Or it could be that our Father wants to teach us something about answering the request, before, sorry, before answering the request. There's maybe he's got to develop something and work on something. We're not sure. We have to remember that our Heavenly Father is first and foremost concerned about us and who we are and what we become. Not so much giving us what we want or need. His primary motive in dealing with us is is a father to a child and growing us up and maturing us. Not just giving us whatever we want. I mean, we could grab some verses, couldn't we? We could go through the Bible and there's plenty of verses that almost sound, you ask and you receive. You you want it, you get it. And we could pull those verses out and we could say, look, the Bible says. Yeah, but the Bible also says other things to kind of help us understand it all. Jesus, as I just mentioned, clearly stated that we should actually be persistent. We should pursue. We should keep knocking. We should keep seeking. We should keep acting, asking. We should be that persistent widow. We should be that obnoxious neighbor at her door late at night. So that's what he's commending. We also know, if you, have you ever read the Psalms? Go read the Psalms. Oh God, where are you? Why do you keep silent? Why have you? Why do you not hear me? Where are you, Oh God? Why does it seem like you've forsaken me? Why is the sea? Why does it seem like heaven shut up to me? Well, as I mentioned, it could be that God, because God is first and foremost interested in who we are, He does want us to give us great gifts. But before He gives us things and answers us, He wants to. He wants us, makes us men and women who follow after Him, who trust Him, who learn to be persistent, who learn to develop a perseverance, who who learn to be those people who will continue to seek and to press in and pursue after Him. It's kind of like how we are with our children. They might ask for chocolate bars, candy, and ice cream continually. But because we love them and want what's best for them, we might give it to them as treats occasionally, but we don't give them a steady diet of it. Of course, and and if you do, well, you're not very loving (laughs) because you probably are only doing that to get them off your back. You're not doing that because you love them. You're doing it because maybe they're like that persistent guy that just won't ever let you alone. Okay, have your ice cream, you know. But you're not, you're not, you wouldn't do that if what you have in mind is their best interest, and you're, 
you, you hold these things back for their good. And as a parent, you get holding back. You, you get the idea of not giving up front until they're ready, and you give it down the road. We get the concept of not giving a kid uh, a driver's license until they're more mature. That makes sense. Who in the right mind wants to have their, this, your, your kid um, driving around and they can't see over the steering wheel and barely reach the pedals? Only a massive fool would, right, who, who doesn't really love their children. So we, we wait, and there's time until they develop and they mature. We want to give them good gifts. We want to give them, even as sinful parents, but we understand the concept. And likewise, we have to understand that our Heavenly Father, He loves us, and He's always giving us what we need, what is best. So how we understand, need to understand this is that if we're praying for something that would be best only when we develop character first, or we're praying for something that is going to hurt us long term, then don't be surprised if, if God, in his infinite wisdom, goes silent. There, there's, and here's the thing. Now, once you have the silence, what do you do? Well, clearly, you should check your motives, first of all. You should see... Am I asking for something that's not biblical or unreasonable in any way or this is just wrong? And if it's not, then you need to persist. You need to keep seeking, keep asking, keep pleading, keep knocking. Say, oh, Lord, please, how long? And you can even ask the question, Lord, is this something you want me to continue to pray about? Because I tell you what, the Lord, by his spirit, will lay it, almost constrain your spirit to keep on going. I've been laboring in prayer for this for 10 years, oh God. Do you want me to quit? Is this foolish? Do I continue in this? And you, you, you know in your spirit, no, yes, I, I, I need to persist. I can't let this go. How many stories are there of parents who pleaded for their children for years? Wept over them. They know they're not to stop. They know in their spirits it would be wrong to give up. And so they keep going, and they keep persisting, and they keep asking, and they keep knocking. And sometimes, God waits a long time. But then finally, he answers those prayers, and it's sweet, and it's beautiful. And in the process, he, he totally, completely transformed your life. So when you, hear, when you have silence... In prayer, it seems like, God, where are you? Why aren't you saying anything? We need to understand that it could be a few things. We check our motives first. We realize, is this, a, is this a righteous thing to be asking for? And if it is, keep persisting unless it becomes obvious and clear that you shouldn't be. Don't let silence stop you. Don't let it stop you, especially if you know this is a good and a right and a true request. Silenced, understand it, that it could be various things, but it's not, it's not always, for the most part, bad. God is working on you, and he wants you to persist. He wants you to keep hammering. He wants you to keep asking. He wants you to keep knocking. And what's neat is if, you, if you're praying with, with God about several different things, you will find that there are some long-term issues in your prayer requests. They never seem to get off the prayer journal. They never seem to come off. Oh, Lord, how long? When are you going to take this one off? 
But you'll also have these other ones that you will see God answer you and speak to you very clearly, sometimes almost instantly. And you'll, you'll usually, if you, were, if you were very aware of what it is you're praying and praying to God, if you look at it, you'll probably find he's answering me very quick here, kind of slower here, but it's like he's gone completely silent over here. That wouldn't be very uncommon to see, look at what, how it is God is speaking to you and find all of those categories. The biggest thing for us is to understand that God indeed speaks to us through prayer. Now, how does he do that? Well, he does this by the Spirit. In our spirit, the Spirit of truth reveals truth to us. The Spirit of truth guides us into all truth. The Spirit of truth will be the Spirit illuminating to us and helping us to understand the truth as it's even applied to our lives. And when this happens... Let's be aware of it. Let's understand this is God speaking to you. This is his ministry to you. And I have found it, I'll just testify to you before you this morning, I have found it incredibly edifying, encouraging, and wonderful to my own soul to realize, look, the Lord speaks to me through prayer. And this is how he does it. For the longest time, I was just writing it off as mere coincidence or just kind of what things come to your head. And to understand what it is that's happening is incredibly encouraging, at least it is for me, to start to become aware and much more sensitive as well to the Spirit of God and how it is he speaks to me through prayer. I find even just by doing this study and wrestling with this, that I'm more and more becoming sensitive. I'm more and more starting to learn how to listen And what it is I'm listening for. It's no audible voice I'm listening for. I'm looking for the spirit of truth to guide me into all truth and to reveal truth to my mind. I'm I'm looking for God to speak to my spirit through the truth of his word. And to me, that is wonderful. And it's liberating. And it's encouraging to know my God is alive and active and working even now today through prayer. Amen. Father, we are very grateful and we're very thankful that you do clearly. You speak to us, your, your people, and how amazing and wonderful and delightful it is to hear your voice, to hear you communicate with us by the Spirit. Father, I pray for all of us here this morning that we would grow in our sensitivity as we walk with you, as we talk with you, as we learn to hear your voice, that you would allow us to be discerning and hear, and that we would rejoice and give thanks in this relationship that we have with you. I pray, Father, that you would Truly guide us into all truth by your Spirit. For we ask it in the name of the beloved Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.